Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome. want to welcome those watching on our other campuses as well. Uh, as this Father's Day weekend, big celebration. Uh, and really, uh, we want to be part of that in your life. I know for me, uh, it's a big deal. Every year, my kids try to get me something that just to let me know how uh, they feel about me. It's usually a t-shirt. Got another new t-shirt. And uh, so here's the reveal this week. How do you like it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think the expectations have gone down a little bit over the years, uh, but hopefully I'll work back up to world's greatest dad. Uh, you know, as dads, it can be uh, a challenge. And today we're also kicking off our new series, Courage. And I think really uh, today I am going to be talking to dads, just like I did on Mother's Day. I talked to moms. Uh, but I think we all are going to be able to learn from our study in the Scripture today, because we all have areas uh, where we really need that sense of courage in our lives. Now, uh, for dads, oftentimes uh, we can feel like we're leading uh, beyond our ability. I mean, even when we think we're doing pretty well. I mean, for example, uh, here's one dad who's sort of taking it easy. Uh, Take a look at him. Yeah. And here's another dad playing with his child. And this dad is playing computer games with his child. Uh, And then here's a father at the zoo with his child. Yeah. And finally, here's a dad sharing a hamburger uh, with his child. (laughs) Yeah. And I know some of the ladies are going, ooh, some of the dads are going, "I I get it. You know, but why don't we really, for dads and for all the men here, can we give them a hand? Let's do that. Well, if you're one of those dads and you're like those and you're not having a father of the year moment, uh, I I think I want to remind us of this reality that we all live in, uh, especially for those of us who are fathers is that kids are the biggest responsibility that I'm least equipped for. I mean, you think about it, uh, we don't need a license to have kids, we don't have to have a class to have kids, but they're really an incredible responsibility uh, that God gives us in our lives. Now, uh, as I'm thinking about courage, I I thought of Joshua we read about in the Bible. So if you'll take your outlines out of your programs, if you haven't already, we're going to look at his life because it's really a profile in courage. Let me give you a little bit of background uh, to this is uh, he takes over a mantle of leadership. And he takes over from Moses, Moses who heard God speak uh, in a burning bush, Moses who confronted Pharaoh, Moses who uh, performed uh, all sorts of uh, miracles. 
And in fact, it said this about Moses, Deuteronomy 34, 10 through 12. It says, since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all the signs and wonders uh, the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all the officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. And all the guys are going, yeah, that's me. You know, I'm having. Now think about, that's great if you're Moses, right? What if you're the guy who follows Moses? That's who Joshua was. Uh, And so Joshua was that guy. He didn't have a, a burning bush experience. Uh, He didn't have a staff that turned into a snake. He was actually a a guy who in many ways was relatively ordinary, and yet he has this incredible mantle of leadership. Now, I know a lot of us, we wouldn't consider ourselves leaders, but if you're influencing one person, and you are whether you know it or not, there's a sense of leadership in your life, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a dad or not. If you're a father, you, you are leading in ways that you will never know. And see, Joshua was given this mantle of leadership, and uh, he struggled. You can read in between the lines in Scripture where uh, he had uh, an issue with confidence because he was following this incredible leader, yet he was called to do something that, that Moses didn't do that he would be the one to lead the nation of Israel after 400 years in slavery and servitude in Egypt, that he would lead them into the promised land. And he would do it as they're traveling through this desert, and it's tough. And he has really the harder assignment in many ways, and really the culmination of what God wanted to do among his people. He's at that moment where he feels a little bit ill-equipped, but where he's incredibly called. And uh, I think many of us, maybe not all of you, but many of us dads, we feel that same way from time to time as well. Well, to Joshua, uh, God speaks to him, and he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. And we see that there's some choices that he makes along the way. And so what I want to do is I want to teach you a little bit about Joshua and what the Scripture says, how God worked in his life. But I want to apply that to all of us, especially to dads this weekend. Well, what's the first thing that we see uh, Joshua does is he embraces his assignment. He, He didn't feel equipped The people honestly probably had their doubts about him, but he knew that he was called to do it. He didn't back away from his assignment. We read this in the scripture, Joshua 1.10. It says, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. He knew he had that assignment. And then a part of that was for him, it was to face 
uh, his fears and failures. For him, we know primarily about his, his fears, but I think for us, it's not only our fears, it's our failures as well. I mean, how many of you, if you're dads, you've been in a discussion uh, with your kids, and they're like, well, what did you do when you were in school? And you're like, uh, can we talk about someone else now? <laughs> and, and, and well, because we know our own failures, right? Uh, if, ask your in-laws if you're unsure, you know. <laughs> but but we, we know our failures. And sometimes here what, here's what we'll do, is we'll feel, well, I don't have the moral authority to speak because of my failures. Here's the deal, Dad. If, if you are the final authority, at some point that's going to fail. See, this is why... Uh, you know, and we, we live in America. I love it. You can choose whether you're going to follow God or not. But I don't know how I, I would be able to lead my kids and if, if I wasn't a Christ follower. Because if I have to point to my own uh, perfection, I mean, on my best day, you know who I am? World's okayest dad. That's who I am. Uh, but when I can point to God, when I can point to his plan, and we can move there together. See, I, I come from that place of not necessarily my authority, but God's authority as we follow him uh, together as a family. See, what will often happen is there's voices in our head that tell us uh, we're just, we're not enough. And those aren't from God. The voices uh, from God are like we read again, and by the way, it says this over and over again in the scripture where, uh, where God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? And then this part is followed by do not be afraid. And how could he not be afraid? Well, God gave him this promise. Remember Moses who we talked about, sort of the superhero of the Old Testament? God says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's interesting, if you uh, recognize those words, uh, you probably recognize them from the New Testament. Because Jesus, as he's ascending into heaven, after he's risen from the dead, he says to his disciples, he said, I I'm leaving physically, but spiritually I will never be far away from you. And I think that's important for all of us to remember, whether we're a father, a mother, or just a Christ follower or seeking God in our lives. See, for me, I think it's so important uh, to remain uh, connected. I, I meet with a Bible study with men every Wednesday and for me, just to hear their stories and how they're navigating life in parenthood, uh, because that helps me to uh, learn and to grow. And so dads, I encourage you is to invest that time, whether it's in a Bible study, a love and logic parenting class, or, or a book, the great one, because it's an incredible assignment we're given. Well, it's not just about what we're to do, it's about how, how we enter in, who we bring to the parenting equation. 
And I think one of the greatest courageous choices you can make is to keep encouraged. And now this can sound a little bit uh, narcissistic uh, at first because it's easy to get discouraged. In fact, one of my parenting favorite parenting quotes is actually from a mom, uh, not a dad. Uh, one woman was asked, if you had to do it all over again, would you have children? And she said, yes, just not the same ones. <laughs> See, we can all feel discouraged uh, from time to time. Uh, but God wants us to be encouraged in our life. In fact, uh, one, at one time, I was going through a season where I was feeling uh, a little bit discouraged. And it's not that things, you know, we've had an incredible run here for nine years at Timberlake Church where uh, people are coming more every year, uh, growing in faith, coming to know Jesus. I mean, this year, one of the uh, best years ever, not only uh, on the Redmond campus, but uh, Castle Rock and Issaquah and Duval and Woodenville Bothell. But for some reason, I was feeling a little bit discouraged, and I thought, well, I'm going to just, you know, push through this, push through, and I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in my own heart and my soul, and I knew that for me to lead, I had to, to pause and say, God, what do you want to do in me? And uh, now you say, okay, well, that's it, you're a pastor, and, you know, that's sort of your job, and, uh, well, I think it's the job of everyone who's a Christ follower to keep ourselves encouraged in the Lord. In fact, uh, the, uh, every once in a while I'll, I'll get, you know, someone who will say, well, you know, I really want to go someplace where, you know, like a church where they really just beat me up because I need that. And I'm like, well, that's called Mental illness, that's what that's called. Uh, because we looked at last week, what's the gospel? The gospel is what? Good news. Now, it will challenge you. By the way, if you stay around here, you're going to hear some things you don't like. And not just when the other pastors preach. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but uh, No, the truth is because God's word, it will challenge you. In fact, if you're at a church where you never feel challenged, they're probably not really teaching from the scripture. But the gospel primarily is good news is that on my worst day, in my worst sin, that God meets me. That when I don't believe uh, in myself, it doesn't really matter because I can believe in God and follow Him. In your own parenting skills, when you would fail, and actually you probably would, that if you come to the Lord, come to God and say, God, will you, will you change me? Will you fill in the gaps for me? That there can be a confidence and we can be encourage in that really every day. Uh, Joshua 1, 9, a continuation of that verse, it says, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And you might say, hey, that's great uh, for Joshua. That's, you know, Old Testament leader of the nation of Israel. Uh, well, if you're a Christ follower, if you've crossed the line of faith and said yes to Jesus, that's God promised to you. That God will come uh, to you. That's what the Holy uh, Spirit is. Uh, the Holy Spirit is God's real presence on earth. That, that sense of God, but also the real power of God in your life. And I think as we look at that, keep ourselves encouraged. Uh, dads, it's important to keep uh, our kids encouraged as well. Now, we do this really well when they're little, don't we? 
Any, any of you have young kids? Any of you have young kids? Raise your hand. Okay, yeah, there's a number of you out there. Uh, when they're little, it's like, oh, look at, you ate a pea. Awesome. Way to go, you know. And you spit out some of it, and you're excited, and they roll over. You rolled over. Do you know that my wife rarely gives me encouragement for rolling over anymore? Uh, you know, the, uh, and then, oh, when you're potty training. Come on. Oh, yeah, you did it. You went potty, you know, you went number two, and then we flushed their accomplishment down the toilet. And so, uh, <laughs> so but, but what happens is we forget that, that we all need that kind of encouragement. Uh, we need to see what God sees. And I'm not talking about false hope. I'm talking about knowing God's real power and presence, because that's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me uh, as well. I was reminded of this. Uh, I was at my daughter's uh, graduation, and uh, it was, yeah, it, it was uh, great. Yeah, praise God. Now I got two kids in college tuition. So, uh, <laughs> but you'll hear more about that at the offering. No, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but I'm not opposed to it working that way, you know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, my daughter uh, is, in fact, I think we have a, a picture. Oh, yeah, we do. We have a picture of her. Uh, she, praise the Lord Jesus, she got her looks from her mom. And uh, so uh, she's, but you know what? It sort of stressed me out if you've ever been to a graduation. Uh, because the, we were there in uh, the stadium, and kids will go and they'll announce their names in uh, you know Skyline High School, uh, where she graduated from. Uh, there's a lot of kids, and there'd be you know some yay, and then some, a few kids there'd be you know bigger roars, and a lot of kids there would be no one. Uh, even you know, school like that, where probably a lot of involved parents. And there's not, and I'm like, wow, had the biggest moment of their life, and there's no one really uh, cheering. And so, uh, you know, as they would go along, and, and so I told my wife, and we're way in the back because we got there late. I won't tell you whose fault it was, <laughs> but the person's name rhymes with Barry. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so anyway, so we're a little bit late. And so I, I, just, I just tell her, hey, uh, when they call her name, this is going to be embarrassing. And she looks at me like, not the first time. Uh, <laughs> and so they call my, and I'm just like screaming and shouting. There are actually some people from church, and they were like, oh, this is, we better do this too. Pastor Ben's not well today. So the, uh, <laughs> but it, uh, let me tell you this, and I, I want that for every kid there, but they need that. Uh, from their parents. <laughs> it's sort of funny. I asked my daughter, did you hear dad? And she goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they need that encouragement. I'll tell you when they really need it. They need it when they, they're out of the house and they have kids of their own. They need to know how you feel about them. Uh, by the way, your parents, they're in the most vulnerable position when they get older in life. Because they're wondering, did I do a good job? Did I do well? And maybe for you, the thing that you can do this weekend, whether it's mom or dad, is just send them a note, a text, 
you know, whatever form of communication your parents use, uh, and just say, I was just thinking about you, and I just wanted you to know that you did a great job as a parent. And that'll mean more than anything to them uh, in their life. See, that's, it's, it's courageous to go countercultural when everything is so negative in our society. Uh, and some of it, hey, I, I'm, I'm into facing reality. But here's the thing. Here's why some people are negative and I can be more positive. Because they don't see the whole reality. They don't see the, they don't see the eternal plan of God working through human history. The, the plan that we see uh, throughout the generations from the time of Jesus and the nation of Israel. And God tells us what's going to happen. That in the darkest moment, God's light will shine brightest. And that can happen in our own lives as well, if we'll let it. Another courageous choice is to uh, create an atmosphere of expectation. Uh, that, that's so important. And it's an expectation of how, how really life can be. My, my wife and I are sort of, this is sort of an interesting moment in our life. Uh, our youngest is uh, just graduated from high school, and I'm like, wow, this is sort of a weird moment. Uh, that means, you know, of course, that we're getting a little older, and my wife reminds me of that a little bit. <laughs> and uh, my kids... Uh, they, they're out, you know, one of my daughters is in Florida, and my other daughter's, you know, she not only finished high school, but uh, about done with her associates already, ready to move on, and doing all sorts of things, and, and, and on, on their own, doing stuff. And I realize that this is what parenting was about. That I, I know how I was raised, and I felt uh, fearful sometimes, with trepidation, and they're like, hey, we're going to go take on the world. And I'm like, you go, girls. You take on the world. And you know, you will know you've taken on the world. Do you know when? And they're like, when? When you pay your own cell phone bill. You'll know you've done it. <laughs> Just got to throw that in there every once in a while. <laughs> See, it's, it's the expectation that not only can I move forward, but when I fail, that, that there's a place to go. I don't know if you saw the movie a number of years ago, uh, Blood Diamond. Uh, yeah, nice Christian film. Actually, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, the main character in the movie. I think, I, I, I think it was Leonardo DiCaprio. He's sort of a, uh, a soldier of fortune looking for this diamond. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie, he's traveling with a man uh, whose son was taken by a warlord uh, as a child soldier, which has happened to literally hundreds of thousands of kids, especially in the continent of Africa, although it's probably not limited to there as well. And my favorite scene is Solomon. Uh, he uh, sees his son uh, Tia, in, and as they're digging up this diamond, he's helping him because he's looking for his son. And his son has, has, had, has done these horrific things. If you've read about child soldiers, uh, you know, they, they uh, take other people's lives, all sorts of things, really too horrific to mention. And uh, so they do this. What will happen is the warlords do this so 
they'll believe they're beyond redemption to where they can never go home again. See, that's part of the strategy, is have them do something so horrific right away while they're filled that they're a lost cause and no one will ever want them. And, and there's this scene in the movie where uh, his son is holding a gun about, you know, about ready to kill him. And uh, he, he says something like this. I'm going to probably mess it up. He goes, you're a, you're a good boy. You love soccer. You love school. Your mother loves you very much. And your father loves you very much. And I've come to take you back home with me. And in the movie, this, this traumatized child, here's what he believed could never be true again, is that, that he could be whole and he could be loved and he could go back to that place where there was a, a sense of innocence and acceptance. And I was thinking about that story and I was thinking, well, I know where that story's from. See, in the Bible, there's a story of the prodigal son. Jesus tells the story of a son who, who, didn't, who wasn't taken captive, but by his own choice, abandoned his family, took the money, did everything uh, immoral and unwise he could do, and Jesus paints the image of the father who is waiting, and the moment he sees him, there's, he, it's, he doesn't have to hear words of repentance. He doesn't have to hear anything about. He, he knows what's going on, and he says, Let's throw a party for this son of mine who was lost is now found. And Jesus, he actually sets up the context for this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 6. And he says, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, one person who's failed or lost, who comes home than 99 who don't need to. Because God is never satisfied with just us even worshiping God. And maybe it's you, and you say, I feel on the outside. And God says, right now, you're my priority. Because I don't want my kids to feel lost. I don't want them to feel alone. I don't want them to feel broken. I want them to know that their father is waiting for them and loves them very much. And that's what God has called us to do, is to come to Him. See, we can't do this on our own. We can't be the dads God's called us to be. We can do a good job right up until the point we fail, and then there's, what's next? Well, it's leaning on God. A friend of mine I think I've mentioned this before. He, I uh, don't want to say you'll probably recognize, he's someone who ran a pretty successful business, uh, advertising business in the Northwest, one of the most successful uh, ever. And he went through a period of transition and bad partnership breakup and eventually landed on his feet, as guys like that do. But it was during that sort of moment of transition uh, where things looked a little bit bleak. And I said, what are you teaching? Or I said, what are you doing at this point? I didn't ask him what you're teaching. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm teaching my kids what it looks like to lean on Jesus. And really that leads to our fifth point, and that's to lead spiritually. When it comes to faith, I think uh, men in particular, sometimes 
uh, can be timid. Uh, we feel uh, maybe uh, we can even feel a little dumb, like we're not as far ahead as our wives are spiritually. Here, here let, guys, let me let you in on the secret. They're ahead of you in almost every other area as well. You just don't know it. <laughs> and so the question is, uh, I wish that was even a joke. In my case, it truly uh, is, is not. The, the question is, how am I going to lead? What am I going to do? And so for me, there's choices that I make. Uh, you know, one of the things I do when we go on uh, vacation and uh, with our kids, uh, we always, we're gone for a weekend. People go, oh, it must be, you know, you know, you're at church, all these different services. It must be nice to have a weekend off. I'm like, oh, no, we always find a church. And I said, because I want my kids to know that I, I follow Jesus, not because this is the thing I do. I do this thing because I follow Jesus. And so I want to lead in that way. When we did our building campaign, and by the way, there's no financial campaign. Whoo, take a big breath. You're good. And, uh, but we, uh, during that season, we doubled our tithe. And you're like, well, wow, that, you know, wow, that must have been a big deal. Yeah, it sort of was. There were a lot of things uh, we didn't do during that period of time. But we believed in God's mission here. And the hundreds and hundreds of people at Redmond campus and other campuses, we never regret that investment. And we talk to our kids. When our family and friends are in trouble and we pray for them. Uh, and by the way, you, you know, I don't come from a generation of pastors. I always hear this. Well, I'm a pastor and my dad was a pastor and my grandfather was a pastor. I think that's awesome. I'm a pastor and my father was a pagan, and my grandfather was a pagan, and my great-grandfather was a real pagan, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, it really, I, I know, I mean, they're awesome, awesome people. You just read about them in court records. You'll find out all you need to know about them. And, uh, yeah, I wish that was a joke. So, uh, but, so I didn't need, all I knew is that if I could try to be real with God and, and them, that hopefully they would see God when they couldn't even see God through me, when I would fail. The interesting thing about Joshua is just how he led and how his leadership in the rest of his life he translated spiritually. See, a lot of times I think what will happen is we'll say, oh, I'm a leader here, but in that, that aspect it's not me. Joshua 24, 14 through 15. Uh, Joshua is now speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness, throwing away the gods of your, your ancestors' worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. And see, they, there were people, he was leading the nation of Israel, and you know what? People were still doing all sorts of things they shouldn't do. And yet, it's interesting what he says. He said, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in the lands you are living. And then check this out. He goes, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
He's saying to everyone else, he's saying, he said, I can't make you do anything. But I can tell you the family decision that we've made is that we're going to be a God-first family. And really, that is the most courageous choice that you can make. Now, you're here, and if you say, Ben, I'm a Christ follower, I encourage you to keep on making that courageous choice. Or maybe for you, it would be a step you would take today. In fact, I want you to hear uh, from a, a family from our Castle Rock campus and how during a very difficult time, they said, God, we're going to follow you and we're going to see you even in those areas that are most challenging and have courage in that. Check this out. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.